another edition of Jonesing for Football as we approach week number six in this National Football League season. And it is not only a Super Bowl preview this week, it's a conference championship preview in both conferences. Bill Jones with Cody Winstead. And I think if you were to rank the top four teams in the National Football League through five weeks of the season, we might have a matchup on Sunday afternoon and Sunday evening featuring all four against each other, Cody. Oh, I love it, Bill Jones. We've been counting down the days to Cowboys-Eagles. What I didn't realize is we were also counting down the days till Bills and Chiefs. What a weekend we have coming up. Yep. It's in fact, uh, you can, uh, in the afternoon, you can uh, just leave your television on CBS. Noon Dallas time, you've got the Ravens taking on the Giants. And then 325 Dallas time, you've got the Bills and the Chiefs with Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call on that game. And then flip it on over to NBC on Sunday night. For Sunday Night Football at 7.20, it's the unbeaten Philadelphia Eagles taking on the 4-1 Dallas Cowboys. And, I mean, it just has hit all of a sudden that somehow, someway, the Cowboys are up there amongst the top four or five teams in the league. How did this happen with a backup quarterback? I have no idea. I'll be honest, Bill Jones. I uh, did not have... Uh, the Cowboys winning all their games without Dak Prescott. I didn't have them at four and one even with Dak Prescott, but hey, they're playing well. And I think we all slightly underrated that uh, defense a little bit, but uh, I know we'll get into that uh, throughout this podcast. Yes. Uh, and so, really, uh, there are only two four and one teams in the AFC, and they're playing against each other. And in the NFC, there's one five and O team, and there are three four and one teams, those being the Cowboys, the Giants and the Minnesota Vikings, who are taking on Miami this week. That's going to be a great game, too. Uh, I'm looking forward to all those. But, hey, I wish I still lived in Dallas. I just turn on CBS, and uh, there you go. All the best <laughs> games right there. And then maybe you got to flip over to that other channel to watch Sunday Night Football. But it's going to be a great <laughs> week. All right. So where do we start this edition of Jonesing for Football? All right, Dr. Jones, before we kick things off, let's explain our format for this weekly podcast that we do. We divide it into three sections. We do it every week. Number one is our favorite game of the week. Our second is our must-see individual matchup. And then our third is the player or coach that has the most pressure to perform this weekend. Normally, we would begin with Bill Jones' favorite game of the week, but we're going to discuss the Cowboys, Eagles, and the Bills and the Chiefs. This is obviously our favorite games of the weekend. And so, Bill Jones, let's start with discussing Sunday night in Philly, the boys and the birds. Yes. And uh, of course, the Cowboys coming off another defensive effort against the Rams in LA, winning 22 to 10 over Matthew Stafford and team. Got five more sacks in that game. And uh, for the first time in 50 years, young Cody, 50 years. The Cowboys have limited their first five opponents to fewer than 20 points. And, uh, of course, uh, the season opener against Tampa Bay was a 19-3 to loss. And ever since then, 
They're all been uh, wins, and uh, with the defense, Dan Quinn's defense doing the job, and it continued last week against a Rams team that's struggling right now. Of course, they uh, didn't score a touchdown the previous game either against uh, San Francisco. But now this matchup, this is a little different type opponent than what the Cowboys are accustomed to seeing. Uh, you know, because th- this winning streak started with a win over Joe Burrow. It ended with a win over Matthew Stafford, two Super Bowl quarterbacks from last year. Uh, but this is a different cat here with uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and what they do on offense. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what Dan Quinn comes up uh, with against the, this Eagles team, which is coming off a 20-17 to 17 win over Arizona. You know, you look at the Eagles, Cody, and – they got 38 in their opener against Detroit and uh, held off the Lions, who had a late rally to make it a 38-35 final. But they have been under 30 points in each of their games. So it's not like they're setting the world on fire with their offense. And, you know, Cooper Rush, he only threw for 102 yards for the Cowboys and didn't have to throw for many yards, but he's taking care of the football. No picks and four starts, only four touchdown passes. But look at the passing for Jalen Hurts. Only four touchdown passes and two picks for Jalen Hurts. He's taking care of the football as well. The big difference uh, is the running of the quarterback, and he's got six touchdowns and 260 or so uh, yards rushing. And so that's why it's going to be a challenge for the Cowboys as far as uh, the defense, a different challenge than what they've seen here in recent weeks. Yep, no doubt about it. The uh, the league is kind of zigging towards – Five wide, four wide, spread it out, sling it. The Eagles, they're zagging. They're going the other direction. They're uh, using the power running game to set up uh, the their pass game. Let me talk about Philly, my, uh, my birds, Bill Jones. By the way, never been my birds the entire life. I've never called them my birds, but this year I'm taking the Eagles under my wing. Five and oh for the third time in franchise history. The last time was 2004 when they made the Super Bowl. When I look at teams that can make a long playoff run, one of the things I look at is to find teams with top 10 offenses and defenses. Those are the teams that tend to be there at the end. The Eagles are top five in both, Bill Jones. Second in offensive yards, fourth in uh, defensive fewest yards allowed. And I always talk about their dominance in the trenches, but they have a ton of skill players as well that can change a game. And I'd argue no team in the league has more of those skill players on the outside than Philly. Let me give you a quick strength of the Eagles, and then I'll give you a weakness. Let me start with the positive. Turnover differential, plus nine for Philly this season, tops in the league. And we know this league a lot of times comes down to protecting the ball and then taking it away from your opponent. Extremely important. Philly has 11 takeaways tied for the most in the league. They also have just two giveaways, which is tied with the Cowboys for the fewest giveaways. And that's a testament to Howie Roseman and what the team he has built. And then Nick Sirianni and the schemes that he has in place. I think the Eagles, what makes them strong is they know exactly who they are. And that's really why I like their team. Now to the negative, and this could impact them on Sunday. Their ability to throw the ball against a pass rush. Jalen Hurts, second worst passer rating versus the Blitz this season. So if that Cowboys relentless pass rush can heat up Hurts, and you know that's going to be the game plan, then we'll truly see how much the young quarterback has progressed. 
We know Philly has a great offensive line, but a couple of starters have been banged up recently. Mylotta, Dickerson, and even Kelsey got a little banged up last week. But anyway, it's been a long time since I've been this fired up for an NFL regular season game. I cannot wait to be there on Sunday night. You know, one of the things, uh, and so basically what we're we're looking at is the Eagles are going to need to establish that run game uh, in order to give Jalen Hurts uh, time to throw and and uh, so that the Micah Parsons and crew don't just pin their ears back and come after the quarterback. They need to get ahead in the game. You know, the Cowboys last week against the Rams, uh, the run defense was uh, terrific. You talk about an offensive line that is banged up and is being uh, refurbished from a Super Bowl team a year ago, it's the Rams. I mean, yep. they're starting a third-string center, and you know, even you go out to left tackle and Whitworth retiring and, Note, and uh, Joseph Noteboom out there. Yep. Uh, it's just – it's been a number of different players in the interior, both, both guard spots and the center position. But last week, Cowboys were able to run for 163 yards – and they gave up only 38 yards rushing to the Rams. So that was a key in that victory. And that's why Cooper Rush only had to throw for 102 yards in that game. And if they are healthy, the Eagles offensive line is up there amongst the best in the league. I just, I've loved Jason Kelsey for years. We'll see what, uh, it, just how badly he is banged up uh, coming out of their last game against Arizona. And then what Howie Roseman's done with the Eagles defense too. I mean, uh, it, that that is going to be this is going to be the biggest challenge. Even though last week Rush was going up against a Rams defense that fe- that features a, a future Hall of Famer up front, Aaron Donald, a future Hall of Famer on the second level with Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey uh, in the secondary. You look at this Eagles defense and what they've done to shore things up on that side of the ball, and that's one of the real strengths of that team. Look at their game so far this year. Outside of the game against Detroit, where they scored a lot of points to, to score 35 in that game, it was a 24-7 win over Minnesota, a 24-8 win over Washington. Jacksonville, I almost discount the Jacksonville game because it was played in uh, bad conditions. And 21, right, uh, for Jacksonville. So they only gave up 14 uh, in that game. And uh, and then a twenty to seventeen game against Arizona. So both defenses are playing exceptionally well. I mean, basically, I've talked about the Cowboys giving uh, up less than twenty points to all five of their opponents. Uh, you can look at the Eagles' defense, and they've given up less than twenty points to their last four opponents. Yep. What I like about Philly's defense is they've got eight or nine guys that are up for consideration of the Pro Bowl. They really have a ton of great players and. Their draft with Jordan Davis, Nakobe Dean, those type of guys, they filled in a lot of the depth. So not only do they have really good players um, in that starting 11, but they have a lot of depth as well. And picking up James Bradbury uh, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Uh, I mean, Roseman has done a, a great job, whether it's using the draft or free agency or trades to fortify that team and make a run. And it really shows that they've got a lot of confidence in Jalen Hurts to be the guy that can lead them uh, deep into the playoffs. Yep, this is Jalen's chance. They're putting all the pieces around him, and he can either do it or he can't. And if he can't, guess what? The Eagles have a a couple draft picks in the first round next year where they might be able to go uh, get a quarterback if need be. Are you going to make a pick on this game this early in the week? I will if you do, Bill Jones. Okay, let's do that. 
let's do that. Oh, no, let's, okay, how about we save that? Before we sign off here, we're going to make a pick on this game. Okay. Dallas versus Philadelphia. And if you didn't know, I'm in Dallas and Cody is in Philadelphia. All right. <laughs> game number two. Yes, sir. Bills and Chiefs, Dr. Jones. Uh, the hey. other game on our schedule, 425 on CBS. You mentioned it. I gave the Eastern time. You gave the Central time. Uh, I'm going to have to DVR this one because I'm going to be at the link watching Cowboys and Eagles warm-ups. So I'm going to have this on my DVR. Uh, Are you going to try not to find out who wins the game before you get home and watch it? Probably not. I'll be paying too close attention <laughs> to the fantasy aspect of it, so it won't really matter. But we all know the history between these two teams. 13 seconds. That was all that was between the Buffalo Bills going to the AFC title game and then the Chiefs snatched it from them last year in the playoffs. Can't wait to see uh, this rematch. Bill Jones, what are you looking forward to in this matchup? Do you think uh, Josh Allen has rounded into uh, midseason form? He's pretty good. Now, let me ask you this. If you had to start a team with one quarterback, Mahomes or Josh Allen, which way are you going? I have to go with Patrick Mahomes. I do, too. I take Mahomes, too. But I obviously, I'm in love with them both. You know why I have to? Yeah, your wife went to Texas Tech. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By law, you're married into that Texas Tech family. By the way, I, uh, as an aside, I was in a store yesterday and some lady walked in with a Kansas City Chiefs t-shirt on. Oh, you're ready for the big game, are you? Oh, yeah. And I said, let me guess. You're a Texas Tech grad. Yep. And my daughter goes there, too. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like Texas Tech's team. They, they don't care about Kingsbury, that guy. No, no. They care about Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Yep. The adopted uh, team by all Red Raiders. All right, so, but but Josh Allen coming off the game against Pittsburgh in which uh, he was lights out once again, and they put up 38 in that game. Mahomes, a Monday night game against the Raiders, uh, four touchdown passes to Travis Kelsey. Okay, and Mahomes the previous week matches up against Tom Brady, and they put up 40-something in that game. And no, so I, I, I would say Kansas City is – rounding into midseason form themselves while everybody else in the league is struggling scoring points the uh, bills and the chiefs for some reason don't seem to be having a problem with it here the last couple of weeks and so just like you mentioned off the top if i was starting a franchise i'd go with mahomes and if i'm picking a game i think i would go with mahomes as well even though buffalo has probably the better team and there's more weapons around them, and weapons. I'm talking their defense as well. Just the total team around Josh Allen. I wouldn't put it past Patrick Mahomes, uh, even though it's technically not a prime time game. Him putting on a prime time uh, performance and uh, coming through in, in this game. Um, what do you think of the uh, weapons that they put around Patrick Mahomes now, with the loss of Tyreek Hill and? what they've done to try to, to shore up things as far as his receiving core goes. Yeah, it was interesting. We, we were talking in the offseason like, oh, how will Mahomes fare without Tyreek and the Cheetah? And then, like, that'll completely change the way he played. There's been nothing different about his numbers. Now, he's doing it in a different fashion. It's not slinging it over the top all the time. He just adjusted his game accordingly to his receiver's. Um, and he's really showing his greatness this year that he can win multiple ways. 
KC, by the way, third most in big plays this season. So Tyreek who, I think is what uh, Patrick Mahomes is saying. That's his response to Tyreek always talking about Tua being better accuracy wise. Mahomes is just going to go out and like lead the league in big plays and be like, yeah, guess what? You, you really didn't matter. I was the difference maker the entire uh, time here in KC. As for the Bills, Bill Jones, this is why every media member in the football world picked Buffalo to win the Super Bowl, except for us. We were the only ones who did not pick the Bills. I think their ceiling is higher than any team in the league. We saw their top-ranked offense kind of flex last week, over 400 yards in the first half against Pittsburgh. And what I find interesting about Buffalo is they are a good example of the new era of football. Second in scoring, 30 a game. They're on pace for the second most points in franchise history, but they're 19th in time of possession, 29 minutes and 50 seconds. So the other team has the ball more than the Bills, yet the Bills are scoring 30 a game. Uh, That's the new world here in football. Quick strike drives. You can score from anywhere on the field. And Josh Allen showed that last week going, what was that, 98 yards? I think he went 61 yards to Gabe Davis. Uh, there in the first half. And so I think whoever's going to limit those big plays, obviously that's probably who's going to win this game, Buffalo and Kansas City. And uh, you look, uh, even though they had the blowout win, 38-3 over Pittsburgh last week, uh, the week before, uh, playing at Baltimore, it was a narrow win, 23-20. The week before that was their loss at Miami, 21-19. So it's not like they've been blowing away teams two out of the last three weeks. Right. But Baltimore, they were down 20 to three, I believe. So that was a 20 unanswered to come back on the road against a good team. And I think that was the uh, rain game as well. So they've had to do it multiple ways. And that's a sign of a good team. And so I will go ahead and make my pick on this game. It's going to be Kansas City winning this game. I'm going to take Buffalo. I'm going to go. I'm going to go different from you. Um I'd probably take KC if they were to meet in the playoffs, but I'm going to go with Buffalo this week just because I feel like um, Josh Allen kind of rediscovered Gabe Davis, and I, I just like what they have, their defense. I trust Buffalo's defense a little bit more. And I guess what is essentially riding on this uh, could be home field advantage in the playoffs, 100%. which is way down the road still, but you, you want to have that tiebreaker advantage in case you, it winds up in a tie. Home field advantage and the buy through in the first round. That, that's One a buy. great point. That's actually great point. Yep. Yeah, that, that's right. Because again, right now these are the only two four and one teams in the AFC. Yep. All right. How about our individual matchup of the week, Doctor Jones? What you have on your um, on your notebook there? What are you looking at? Well, I might as well stay with CBS and the noon game Dallas time, and that You're would such be such a company man. Such a company, man. Uh, the, the, uh, the four and one Giants against the Ravens. And this is the matchup that just jumps off the sheet at you uh, because of the uh, Ravens offense going up against their former defensive coordinator, Don Wink Martindale, and the Giants. Martindale has uh, spent the last 10 years with Baltimore, first as the linebackers coach. Uh, when they had a pretty good linebacker there, uh, when he first got there, a guy by the name of Ray Lewis. I'm familiar. And yeah, uh, Mosley was there under his watch as well. Uh, and 
And then he became defensive coordinator the last four years, and they had basically a top five defense in the league. Three of those four years fell off a little bit last year, and uh, apparently maybe some butting of the heads with John Harbaugh as well. He became available, and the Giants, Brian Dable said, I need a defensive coordinator. When Patrick Graham went to Vegas to rejoin his uh, buddy Josh McDaniels out there and can't argue with the results after five weeks of this season. What Wink Martindale has done with the Giants' uh, defense, but which, what's intriguing, this is what Wink Martindale has faced in practice over the last 10 years and with Lamar Jackson there in his time as the defensive coordinator the last four years. He knows all of the Ravens' tricks, and the Ravens know all of Martindale's tricks, and his tricks are aplenty on defense. Uh, he loves to blitz, but can he afford to do that against a quarterback like Lamar Jackson and what the uh, Ravens do on offense. I just think it's a very intriguing matchup for that reason. Super smart move by Brian Dable to bring in Wink Martindale. And this is similar to what Sean McVay did with the Rams when he brought in Wade Phillips. He brought in an experienced defensive coordinator that he just said, you handle the defense, I'm going to handle the offense, and it worked out for both. It's funny, you mentioned this as your matchup, and it's a great one, obviously. I also liked the best dual-threat quarterback in the league, Lamar Jackson, going against the best dual-threat running back in the league, Saquon Barkley. So that would be another uh, must-see matchup. All right, let me give you mine. I'm going to take Tom Brady going against Kenny Pickett. Oh, well, that's an intriguing matchup. I like this one. Brady starting his 368th NFL game. Kenny Pickett, his second ever start. Uh, How'd that first one go for him? Team-wise, it didn't go well, and I'll get to that. But individual-wise, I watched the game. I was actually impressed. I'll get to that in a second. Let me get to Brady first. TV 12, he has kind of righted the ship after struggling the first two games. We figure that would happen with the receivers once those guys started coming back, Evans and Godwin, and eventually Julio is going to rejoin the party too. I'm interested in the Bucks' struggles in the run game. Bill Jones, did you know, last in the league in yards per carry on the ground, the Tampa Bay Bucks, And that means there's a lot of pressure on Tom Brady. He's thrown nearly 50 passes each of the last three games most in the league so he's tops in attempts he's tops in completions and he's tops in completion percentage the last three games so that's something to kind of keep an eye on with the box as we approach the midway point in the season now to pick it the rookie yes like you pointed out his team got destroyed by the bills last week their offense was held without a touchdown but to me Pickett looked very competent. He looked composed. And you got to remember that he was facing the Bills in their number one defense. The Bills have had the top defense in the league the last two years. And that's not an easy way to start for a rookie quarterback. I will say this. He clearly has better chemistry with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. That was evident early on in that game, uh, especially way more than Mitch Trubisky appeared to have. I'm going on record, Dr. Jones. The Steelers have found their franchise quarterback. His name is Kenny Pickett, and I'm excited to see the next step of his evolution Sunday against the GOAT. Well, I'm glad glad someone is fired up. That's going to be a good game. 
Oh, it is. Steelers might win this game. Really? I think the Steelers might win this game. Kenny Pickett can play. I don't think the Steelers are that far off. If if they're healthy, obviously that's important. But I don't think the Steelers are that far off. You know what? I watched a little Tom Brady last week. And you know what I said? I said he clearly last week got back to the grind and was out on that practice field with his receivers who are getting healthier. And he was as sharp as I've seen him in a while last week in, in their win over Atlanta. Um, and I think he's just the type with all that's going on uh, for him that he's going to show whoever that, yeah, I still got it, whether it's in his personal life or professional life. Yep. You, just, you just get the feeling, the competitiveness in him, that he's just bound and determined to show everybody what he's got left in the tank. Yeah, you thought it was impressive that I went from New England to Tampa and won a Super Bowl in my first year here? Oh, just wait until I win the Super Bowl going through whatever is happening in his personal life. This is actually yeah. going to be the like goat moment for Brady. I, I agree. I, I, he, might, he might be the MVP in this league the second half of the season. There you go. I think that's very true. All right. How about pressures on Bill Jones? Who's feeling the pressure? The National Football League is feeling the pressure because of what's going on since the Tua Tagovailoa injury a couple of weeks ago and what we are seeing with the officials protecting the quarterback. And it's uh, speaking of Tom Brady, the ridiculousness of that call, the Grady Jarrett sack in the game on Sunday. And then uh, you look at the Monday night game and Chris Jones uh, with the, the strip sack of Derek Carr. And, I mean, where is a 320-pound man or any man supposed to fall? I mean, there's gravity involved in this. You're going to fall on top of another player. And uh, so, case in point, you know, I mentioned my wife, big Texas Tech uh, fan, Texas Tech grad, big, Pat- big Patrick Mahomes fan. She watches Cowboys games and she watches Kansas City Chiefs games. So Monday night, she's watching that and she's like, what are they doing? That's ridiculous. Okay. And she's a casual fan otherwise. So she's exactly what the NFL wants to, who the NFL wants to watch their games, the casual fans, what makes it the most popular sport anywhere. Yep. And she went to bed after that. She's like, I'm not watching this. So if you're going to make Stacy Jones that mad, then you know there's a whole lot of other people. And the NFL needs to address this pronto and get clarification on it. What they really need, I think, is an eye in the sky and uh, have someone in the, in the uh, booth who on egregious missed calls or in a case, if we're going to have issues here as far as the safety for the quarterbacks and stuff, where it's not all on the official to make that call in the heat of the moment, spur of the moment, you know, in real time, where they can actually review something. And then you don't have to challenge it or anything. You just call down and say, hey, we need to look at this because that's a wrong call. Well, Bill Jones, I called you a company man uh, earlier, and that's not a knock because I am too. And so um, here's what I'll say about the NFL. They will get it right eventually right and this is kind of how the pendulum swings right we see a a terrible situation like Tua where clearly something did not happen correctly between the first hit on that Sunday and then Thursday night which I was on the sidelines for in Cincinnati a super scary situation 
And so the pendulum is kind of being swung to, hey, let's really um, make sure this doesn't happen. We got to clean this up on these uh, hits to the quarterback. It'll come back. People have realized. I think everyone's kind of voiced their displeasure on how a couple hits this weekend probably shouldn't have been flags. The thing for me is we understand you can't hit high on a quarterback. You can't hit low on a quarterback. And we have now accepted that you can't put your entire weight on the quarterback when you slam him to the ground or whatever. We've accepted that. I always thought that the rap spin and sling down was a fine way of tackling. In fact, that's the way that people are being taught to tackle. Kids are being taught to tackle that way rather than the old school way. And so the one on Brady by Grady Jarrett this week was definitely confusing. And it even happened on Monday night to Mahomes and they didn't call that one. Yeah, that's right. And so I know there is varying levels of how hard he swung down. And again, that's what happened to Tua. He kind of got swung down and hit his head, unfortunately. Um, and so the NFL will fix this. I'm I'm not sure if it's going to be this week or next week or after the season, but they hear everyone's complaints and, and they'll get it right. Uh, we just have to be a little bit patient uh, with them. All right. So what do you got? Pressure's on Bill Jones. Aaron Rodgers, he's on notice. Host the Jets on Sunday. Last week on this brilliant podcast, I shouted out the Packers defense, called them the best defense Rodgers has had in Green Bay. Then, of course, they gave up 27 points to the Giants, which was New York's season high. I still think their defense is studly, but they're not going to be great every week. They need help from the quarterback. Rodgers in the offense. So far this season, putting up just 19 points per game, which is easily the fewest of an A-Rod-led team has ever scored. And I've watched four of the five uh, Packer games this season. Rodgers doesn't look bad. You can tell he's clearly most comfortable throwing to Cobb and Alan Lazard. What's different is it looks like he can't take over a game whenever he wants to. And that's what I've always thought about Rodgers is in a big game and it comes down, it's close to the wire in the fourth quarter, Rodgers is going to take it over and he's going to get the job done. And that's kind of what's happened throughout his career, except in the NFC title games. I understand that. But he tried multiple times against the Giants in the fourth quarter. 14 of their last 19 plays were passes. Rodgers was trying to take over and it still didn't work. And the Giants... Uh, pulled out that win. And so my thing with Rodgers, he still has plenty of weapons. He's just kind of got to get on the same page with those guys. I I think the Packers are still going to be fine, although they probably will not have home field advantage in the NFC. And we've seen that they haven't even won the conference despite having home field advantage the last two years. So I think it'll come along eventually for Rodgers, but it's got to be quicker. He's got to get on the same page with these receivers ASAP. Look at the three wins for Green Bay, for Aaron Rodgers, all right? Second week of the season over Josh Fields in Chicago. Justin Fields. Uh, Justin Fields, I'm sorry. Josh Fields was a baseball player at Oklahoma State. Justin Fields. Yep. Uh, And then week three, Tom Brady had none of his receivers, basically, in that game. They they, they called Cole Beasley off off his couch in Little Elm, Texas, or Frisco, Texas, wherever he's living, and now he's retired. Yep. And they won 14 to 12. 
And then he beats Bailey Zappi and the Patriots 27-24. Right. And then uh, goes to London and uh, falls to Daniel Jones and the Giants. So it's not uh, not a lot of marquee victories uh, my, uh, that, that you can hang your head on for Aaron Rodgers. No, but to be fair, their, their schedule is pretty easy coming up. Jets, who the Jets are three and two. You know, the Jets are pretty stout, but still. Jets, Washington, Buffalo, Detroit. So, like, they're going to win three, three out of these. And then Dallas. And then Dallas. They'll beat the Cowboys probably. You know, Rodgers owns the Cowboys, right? It's is McCarthy's it- homecoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I, I think Aaron Rodgers has an advantage in that game. He ain't going to uh, lose to McCarthy, right? Okay, which brings us to back home to Dallas and Philly. It sounds like you're going to be picking the Eagles in this game the way you're bad-mouthing the Cowboys just now. All right, here's my pick, Bill Jones. All right. I'm saying the Eagles win at the buzzer with a field goal. Give me... 27-24, Philly wins on a last-second field goal. Okay, I like that. And I'm going to say the Cowboys win. 24-23 on because they can't hold every opponent to under 20 points. 24-23 on a last-second safety. No, uh <laughs> <laughs> it's a, so you're saying it's a Cooper Rush walk-off touchdown. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I would love to say a, a Micah Parsons walk-off safety, but that would be stretching it. So we'll go with a Brett Maher field goal to win the game 24-23. How's that? Okay. I, I like it. I like it. See, I was, I, I've been saying the Eagles are going to win the division since March. They're 5-0. and oh. They're like right exactly where I expected them to be. The problem is I didn't think the Cowboys were going to be 4-1, and one, and I sure as hell didn't think the Giants were going to be 4-1. and one. Have you looked ahead to see when the rematch will be in Arlington? I have it not. It is scheduled for Christmas Eve, a 325 game on Christmas Eve, Philadelphia at Dallas. It'll be very interesting to see the third to last game of the season where these two teams are at that juncture in the season. That'll be a good game. I'm going to be in Pittsburgh for that. All right. Working a Steelers game. Well, it should be a fun weekend. We got the marquee matchups on CBS and then the Sunday night game. And uh, we'll be back to wrap it up and look ahead to week seven next week here on Jonesing for Football.